Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season one, episode 10, which is called The Turning Point. Stephanie, what do you think the titular turning point is? Oh, that's a great question, because there were a number in here. But I think the main one was Elena seeing that picture of Catherine finally. I agree. I think that's the turning point. As always, I'm going to be reading the recap from Vampire Diaries Wiki. After reading the journal left by one of the Gilbert ancestors, Jeremy is inspired to return to his hobby of sketching fantasy creatures, a talent he had abandoned when his parents died. That's more information than we get in the episode. There was like a little furry baby looking thing. So I kind of pieced that together, but. But it's funny that they spelled it all out for us. Yeah. (laughs) Much to the surprise of their friends, Matt and Caroline continue to hang out together. When Sheriff Forbes tells Damon there has been another attack, he offers to track down the killer and learns a startling piece of information about the town's founding families. Alaric steps in to help during an awkward scene with Jeremy, Tyler, and Mayor Lockwood. (laughs) Stefan and Elena come to a new understanding, but everything changes when Elena accidentally makes a devastating discovery. Yeah, definitely an awkward moment that Alex steps in on. That is a great word for it. We open the episode right where we left off the last episode, which is Logan at the door of the Gilbert house, talking to Jenna, who is not having it, thank God. And he is desperately trying to be invited in. It is not subtle. Yeah, so he's like, hey, um... I was out of town. And Jenna's like, yeah, I got your email. And he's like, you got an email? So he's like trying to piece that together. But also, of course, Jenna thinks he's lying now because he can't even remember the email he sent. And he's like, you know what? Just invite me in and I'll tell you everything. And she said, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Well, it's so funny because he says, just invite me in. And she says, no, I'm not going to invite you in. And it's like, okay, we we understand the inviting in law. Like you can you can dial that back, writers. Yeah, back up on it. (laughs) And then Logan says to Jenna that she's always one step from a maybe, which is like, if she's one step from a maybe, then like, maybe give it up, buddy. Yeah. One step from a maybe is no. I think you would want her to be on the maybe step at the minimum. One step from a maybe is two steps from a yes. If we're just going yes, maybe no. I think that's a good point that one step from a maybe is a no because she's either one step back or one step forward. And I think it's pretty clear she's not the step forward since she won't invite him into her house even without knowing the vampire thing of it all. Exactly. So she slams the door on him, which he doesn't take well. Um, So he turns around and he sees an old guy taking out the trash. He clearly wants to kill him, but the old guy saves his life by being like, hey, and going inside by just like walking away. Yeah, the old guy does a wave and he really speedily walks inside. He's like, oh, no, no, that is not what we will be doing, which is how he got that old in Mystic Falls. He's like, Mm-mm. and that's what I do. If I see someone even look at me a little longer, I'm like, mm, time to go. You won't catch me looking at anyone when I'm taking my trash out. Least of all, a young white man. But luckily for Logan and unluckily for this woman, there is a jogger and she's jogging and she sees Logan and she recognizes him. She's like, oh, my God, I, I know you from TV. Well, I haven't seen you in a while because you've been you know, out of town. She was like, oh, I've been missing you. He's like, well, it's so nice to meet fans. And then he kills her. But it was fun to see her because she is a recognizable actress to me. She plays Melissa McCall on Teen Wolf, which you may or may not know is Tyler Posey's mother. So that was fun to see her. And I I did recognize her right away, which was fun. If this scene and Criminal Minds has taught me anything, it's that nothing good can come from jogging at night. Fuck the patriarchy, (laughs) but unfortunately that's the case. Yeah, jogging at night is the real vampire. But it it is handy for Logan, I'm sure, in finding victims that he's on TV because people automatically trust him. So like, oh my God, it's the news anchor. And we see that kind of play out a couple times in this app. He's a local celebrity. So they're like, he's not going to kill me. They're not worried about hanging out alone with the local news anchor. Yeah, that's not a crazy person to stop to talk to on the street when you're jogging at night. Mm-hmm. Especially because it seems like he's kind of a like crushable TV anchor. I mean, I don't think he's the most good looking guy on this show, obviously. But you're more willing to think a guy's cute if he's on TV. The shortcomings he has in his looks, he more than makes up for by being a news anchor. Well, he's young and he's charismatic because he's a news anchor. You know, this is a small town. There are only so many local celebrities. So I guess I could see being like, ooh, I would have gotten excited to see a local news anchor from Palm Springs. And that man was in mid 50s. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, my God, Gina Lamont. Yeah, I would have actually been too intimidated to talk to him, which would have saved my life, ironically enough. So we cut to the next morning at the Gilbert house. 
Jeremy's reading the journal he found in the last episode from his ancestor. He sees, you know, some artwork of demons or whatever. And some like little chart. It looks a lot like the, you know, like the pagan calendar. So this led me to, you know, God forbid Jeremy be on screen without me having some theory about supernatural stuff with him. But there's no way Jonathan Gilbert wasn't at least connected to the supernatural stuff. What do you think Jonathan Gilbert was or did? I mean, I think he at the minimum knew, but he's in the 1860s. So I'm going to guess he was uh, burned in the church with Catherine. I'm going to throw that out. Okay. He was involved in something. Maybe he was married to Catherine. I'm not convinced that Catherine isn't like Elena's great, great grandmother, which I'm sure Elena might think as well at the end of this episode. So Jeremy sees some like supernatural art in the journal. It inspires Jeremy to get back to drawing. He goes upstairs, he takes a sketch pad out and he starts drawing some stuff. We see some excerpts of his drawings as he's flipping through his sketch pad. And there's like kind of werewolf looking stuff, kind of scary creature looking stuff, all very supernatural adjacent. Elena spots him drawing and she's happy to see it. And she goes downstairs and she tells Jenna like, hey, Jeremy's got a sketch pad out, but like, don't mention it, you know, we don't want to encourage him. He'll put it away, which isn't necessarily true. But I also do agree that they don't want to put him on display if we're doing something fun. So I think it's the right call to not mention it. Yeah, at least they're finally taking a step back from his life. Yeah. And Jenna also drops that she's a psychology major. I thought for some reason she was a history major. She's a psychology major. Which I asked early on what her thesis was in. So it was fun to finally get an answer. It tracks. I love psychology thesis writers are always cute, fun girls. I mean, not always, but that's a, a big group of them. So Jenna asks Elena about Stefan and Elena's like, I'm trying, but he's clearly not interested. He's moving away. I'm just, I'm done. And Jenna's like, yours is leaving town, but mine just came back. Logan just came back to town. And Elena is surprised to hear this, but Elena doesn't know any of the things that Stefan and Damon dealt with with Logan because- when that little kerfuffle in the woods was solved, they thought Logan was dead, so they would have no reason to tell Elena about him. Yeah, and there was no reason to mention it. And, you know, Jenna didn't want Logan there. So even if somehow she brought up Jenna and Logan to Stefan and Damon, they would have been like, oh, well, she didn't want him either. So, okay. Yeah, I don't think they even knew that Logan was at all connected to Jenna. Yeah, I'm not sure they did either. Because I don't think Elena really talks about Jenna. <laughs> yeah, because Elena mostly talks about herself. No offense. Yeah. So then we cut over to the Salvatore house where we check in with Damon and Stefan who are basically dead set on leaving town. They're talking about where they're going to go. Damon's like, I might go to London. And Stefan's like, well, I want to know where you're going because I don't want to go there. <laughs> and then Stefan's like, well, Damon, you don't have any friends, which I thought was rude to throw out there. Like, you didn't really need to say that. Especially if you haven't been hanging out with each other for the past century. You think he hasn't made any friends? You made one friend. Yeah, Stefan, you don't have any friends. She's dead. Yeah, Stefan, you no longer have any friends. So you've got some nerve. I mean, I'm sure they've both made other friends. We just haven't met yet. I think Damon probably has more friends than Stefan, though. I mean, I think you're projecting that. Well, Damon is more charming. I made this clear throughout the episode. I'm really over Stefan at the moment. I think because I'm still mad that he was so selfish that he thought that like Damon coming back was all about him and it wasn't about him at all. And Stefan doesn't seem to even understand that yet. So I'm just mad every time he's mean to Damon. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is I think you're projecting that because so far we've only met one friend of theirs and it was Stefan's friend. We just don't have any. I mean, I'm just saying we don't have any evidence of Damon having friends. I'm assuming he has friends, too. But I think it's an unfair assumption to say he has more friends than Stefan. Well, Stefan broods a lot. And Damon is at least like fun to talk to. And it seems like Damon is more on the side of most vampires in terms of how he lives his life. Also, might I reason with this? We've only seen them this way. You think Stefan's been brooding since he became a vampire and Damon's never brooded? I guess that's true. I just think you're projecting your dislike of Stefan. Perhaps. And what about it? <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to do it. I just want you to think about it as you do it. So Damon's like, well, we could go somewhere together. And Stefan's like, no, we're not going to do that. Damon suggests they apply for the amazing race, which honestly they should. They would win. Yeah, I think it'd be cute. But their little conversation that is turning antagonistic very fast is interrupted when the doorbell rings and the sheriff shows up wanting to speak to Damon. Stefan has really no idea the kind of seeds Damon has been planting. He has no idea he's been talking to the sheriff. I mean, Stefan's plan has been kind of avoid all that. And so Stefan, you can see it in his eyes. He is shook. He is like, why is this woman here? And then you have to think at some point he was like, oh my God, maybe she's going to take Damon away and all my problems will be solved. Exactly. But then he eavesdrops and basically Damon tells the sheriff, I hope you don't mind the secrecy. Stefan doesn't know about all this yet because in you know the sheriff's mind, he's a child. He's the same age as Caroline. So she's like, oh, the kids are too young to know about this. 
Yeah, that was funny to me because I was like, kids? And then I was like, oh, I guess Stefan is technically a kid. Yeah, they're high schoolers. So the sheriff tells Damon there's been another attack. Body drained of blood, neck all, ter- ne- neck all torn up. And Damon is very shocked to hear this. Damon is like, what the fuck? Who? Yeah, we immediately know it's Logan, but Damon has no idea. Well, we can do the math that it's Logan eventually. I was like, maybe it's a look. Because I, you know, I'm convinced Alaric's a vampire and we haven't really gotten any sort of reveal on that yet. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of clues that Alaric's a vampire. Yeah, but we're guessing Logan and Damon is like, oh my God, what? He's like, now I can't even kill people in peace. And Damon says like, I thought we solved the problem, you know, when I staked the blonde one. And she's like, well, we assume that she must have turned someone, which obviously someone turned someone. It doesn't seem like the Founders Council knows how transitions work, but I guess they know it's not just from a bite. Well, they don't know that. Anyone they know who's been bitten is dead. I guess. So So they might assume if you get bitten, don't die. That's how you turn. Yeah, if you just get baby bit, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I guess the girl from... But she didn't get bit, the girl who Damon used to like blame Oh, okay. She didn't get bit. He just left her there to be scared and tell them it was her. I'm guessing their assumption is that bites do it. I was just curious. I was... Because it's clear Logan didn't know. Yeah, so that makes sense that they wouldn't know how that worked out. And clearly later we see that the sheriff had no suspicion that Logan was turning into a vampire. So obviously they didn't orchestrate him turning. Yeah. So the sheriff's kind of panicking because the council is in an uproar and they're selling it as an animal attack, but they don't know how long they can get away with that lie. Sheriff's like, we really need your help, Damon. You're the only one who's staked a vampire at this point. He's like, of course, I'm super happy to help. Duh. So then we cut over to the school where they're putting up signs for career night. That's a little tease. And Matt and Caroline are talking to each other about watching some show and falling asleep during it. It's unclear what they were watching. Maybe Dancing with the Stars. There's a lot about dancing. There were a lot of words flying between them. And I was only half present for this conversation, I'll be honest, because I was like, this isn't as interesting as what just happened. (laughs) Yeah. So they're talking about like some kind of dance show. And then Caroline said, well, I sat through Family Guy. Which, of course, Matt watches Family Guy. Caroline will watch Family Guy for him, but he won't watch Dancing with the Stars. Like, how rude. Well, but he did watch Dancing with the Stars. She fell asleep. Oh, never mind then. Because I had the same thought that I was like, yeah, she sat through Family Guy. But then the beginning of that story, she's like, I was asleep. And he was describing what happened on Dancing with the Stars to her. Okay, so never mind. I'm back around on Matt. Yeah. (laughs) Although I go against him later. Tyler spots them and glares a little bit. I think he just kind of notices it's weird. And at the same time, so does Elena. Um, And Elena says something to Bonnie and Bonnie's like, yeah, they've been hanging out. And Elena's like, don't you think it's weird? And Bonnie's basically like, she needs someone nice who's not an evil vampire like Damon. I don't think it's that weird, especially because Elena already started dating someone else. So like, it's really not weird, but I get the weirdness from Elena's point of view. I I get it's weird for Elena to see Matt date someone because even if she's moved on, she's like, wait, now he's moving on too? Oh, I had him as my little backup as now Stefan is leaving town. So Elena asks Bonnie how she's handling knowing about vampires. It's kind of a hard adjustment. And Bonnie's like, you know, I'm kind of freaked out and I'm scared because Damon almost killed me, but Stefan did save my life. So I'm grateful for that. Elena's like, yeah, I'm having a really hard time with Stefan leaving town and everything. And Bonnie's like, you know what? Maybe it's for the best. Even if he stayed, what kind of future could you have with him? Yeah, a great point that Elena seems to have not thought about at all. I get that early on in a relationship that's not coming up yet. Unfortunately, because he's a vampire, it's more of a thing they have to think about. But I get why she's not worried about that yet, because honestly, she's still trying to get him to date her right now because he's being a little bitch. Yeah, and Bonnie is like, she's just learned about the vampire thing. So she's probably thinking about all these kind of consequences of it that Elena wasn't focusing on when she first heard about the vampire stuff. And now is like, well, I want to get Stefan back. So Bonnie's processing the beginning of it in a way that Elena has already processed. So then we cut back over to Damon and Stefan at the Salvatore house and the sheriff leaves and Stefan immediately jumps Damon. He's like, hey, you killed someone. And Damon's like, no, that wasn't me. I wouldn't be such an idiot about it. I would cover it up better. There's a new vampire in town. Well, it's so funny because, of course, Stefan is eavesdropping on this whole conversation because why wouldn't he? But as the sheriff is leaving, he's just sitting there, very tense, listening. And then as soon as she leaves, he's like, "Okay, hey, Damon. (laughs) Yeah, he's just waiting to jump Damon. And Damon does make a good point that he's like, I wouldn't have made it that obvious. Like, you know, Stefan seems to think that Damon is stupid somehow, as though Damon hasn't been successfully covering his tracks. After he just went through all this trouble with Vicky and Lexi, why would he obviously kill someone now? Well, I guess 
I can kind of see Stefan's point of view because if they are about to leave town, then maybe he's like, well, now you're just killing people because we're going to leave town. I feel like even leaving town leaving someone just on a street is crazy. So then we cut back over to school where Stefan has come to meet Elena. Elena was kind of worried he had already left without saying goodbye. So she's kind of relieved to see him. And he says, we need to talk. And then we take a little break over with Matt and Tyler. They're playing basketball. And Tyler's like, what's up with you and Forbes? And Matt's like, we're just hanging out. We're just friends. And basically, Tyler's like, please don't get in a relationship. I hate people in relationships. He has a cute little monologue. He's doing his best to sell it. Yeah, he's talking about don't become a, the we people. They're talking about, they always are like, oh, we can't go to this party. Our favorite color is red. Like all this stuff. Tyler's clearly pretty closed off. He's doing his little bromance moment. Matt's his like one good friend at this point because everyone else is being mean to him. I guess not everyone's being mean to him, but he's just closest with Matt. Well, it seems that Tyler puts on this tough exterior to hide his emotions, as many teenage boys do. And we get a little peek into that. And we kind of see why, because his dad's awful. Yeah, his dad's just the worst. I would bottle up my emotions, too. So then we cut back over to Elena and Stefan. And Stefan's like, most likely there's a new vampire in town. We don't know who it's going to be. Damon's tracking the vampire, but I want you to be careful, Elena. And Elena's like, and you're sure that Damon didn't kill this guy? And Stefan's like, no, but... (laughs) Like, I don't really know what else to do. He's tracking it. Yeah, Stefan's like, well, I'm not sure, but like, we might as well check for another one in the meantime. So he's not leaving yet. And so Elena's like, oh, good. But he still doesn't really give Elena much to go on. Like, he's still like pretty much dead set on dumping Elena at this point. Yeah, he seems to think that they'll just sort out this other vampire and still leave. Maybe that's your plan. But obviously that goes awry at the end of this episode. Yeah. So then we cut over back to the Gilbert house where Jeremy is continuing to draw and he shows Jenna and she's like, oh, that looks cool. And he's like, yeah, I've been reading this journal from my ancestor, Jonathan Gilbert from the 1800s. He drew all these crazy pictures and he talks about demons and stuff. And Jenna's like, oh, yeah, he was a writer. He wrote short stories and stuff. And he's like, oh, so it was fiction. I kind of thought that maybe he was like a lunatic or a drunk. And Jenna's like, yeah, he probably was. Yeah, she's like, well, he was a Gilbert, so he probably wasn't. It was like, what does that mean? I mean, it means they're lunatics and drunks. <laughs> it doesn't seem super likely that that journal was all fiction. We're all on the same page that that some of that was true. And I think we get more proof of that later. I mean, we know that there were vampires in Mystic Falls in 1864. Yeah, but he still could be writing fiction while there are vampires. Like maybe he's writing some sort of fan fiction. Maybe he had a crush on Catherine and he's writing some fan fiction about her. Well, is it fan fiction if it's a person? You know, I don't know. Maybe it's well, it could be fan fiction if it's a person, but then he wouldn't say like, I dread when the sun sets because danger is coming. Oh, I forgot about that quote. Yeah, he wrote <laughs> he wrote about them like they were evil. But okay. fan fiction's not out of the question. But all I'm saying is that we know there's vampires in 1864. So we know that if he's writing about vampires, that part isn't fiction. So then we cut over to her outside a warehouse with Caroline. She's holding the little compass that tracks vampires because Damon has compelled her to do so because he, quote, interferes with the signal. It is so funny that whenever Damon needs anything, he's like, okay, time to compel Caroline again. She's available. It's, you know, it's pretty handy. And Caroline's safe. At least she's not getting bit anymore. But it is funny that he's like, okay, uh, go home now. Well, she's like, why do you need me for this? This is taking up like half my day. And he's like, go home. And she's like, cool. Yeah. It all works out. Both of them. They're fine. So Damon goes into the warehouse and pretty much immediately gets shot by Logan with wooden bullets. Yeah. I wrote down Logan quick with the gun. What else does Logan have to do all day? He can't go outside. Well, at first I was like, oh, like he's wasting a lot of these wooden bullets really quick. But then Logan very quickly states, I have plenty of these wooden bullets and plenty of time. Let's fucking go. Exactly. So (laughs) Damon's like, you know, kind of writhing in pain on the ground. And Logan's like, you know what? This is the least I can do. You made me like this. And Damon's like, no, I tried to kill you. I did not turn you. So let's let's get one thing straight here, bub. Damon's like, hey, I, I've made plenty of mistakes since I've been in this town. I've turned some people I shouldn't have or some person. He's like, but I didn't turn you. Yeah, and so Logan's like, listen, bud, I know that you and your brother are vampires, so I knew you'd come here to check up on me. I knew you'd find me eventually, so I have some questions for you. Um, So Damon's like, okay, well, who turned you? And Logan's like, I thought it was you. And Damon's like, no, I bit you. He's like, all I remember is I was in the woods. I was about to stake your brother. And then I woke up in a shallow grave by a used car dealership. So there are a couple interesting things here. Mm -hmm. One, clearly Logan doesn't quite understand transitions, but also that the sheriff buried him in a shallow grave. They found him and they were like, okay. Like, well, that's that. That's gotta hurt. (laughs) 
so Logan says he doesn't know who turned him. And Damon's like, well, I just killed you, but you need to have vampire blood in your system. I didn't do that. Some other vampire probably gave you their blood. And I would like to know who. And Logan said, you know what? I don't know a lot about being a vampire. It's been a learn as you go process. Yeah, he's like, I've just been kind of fucking around until I learned shit. He's like, I tried to get into my apartment and I couldn't. Yeah, he said, yeah, I can't get into my apartment. And Damon says, you have to be invited in. And he says, I live alone. And Damon says, that sucks. (laughs) I love that line. It's very funny. That is one of the rare plot holes in the Vampire Diaries. Because if a vampire owns a house, a vampire doesn't have to be invited in. But this is early on enough that we didn't really have to think that hard about the lore. And honestly, it's a funny joke. So I don't care if it's kind of a plot hole because I think I get a laugh out of it. It works for me. It's also kind of funny because like obviously Logan sucks. So you kind of love that he was like really inconvenienced in that way. Mm -hmm. I think he earned that. (laughs) Yeah. So he's been at the Ramada watching pay-per-view and he can't stop killing people. But he's been hiding most of the bodies and he didn't hide Melissa McCall's body because he got tired. Yeah, which fair enough. So then we cut over to career night at the school. Everyone's looking at different careers, whatever. It's an event. The mayor goes up to the sheriff and he's like, hey, so what's up? And she's like, I don't have any news right now. I'm trying, but I don't have news. And he's like, well, what do we do? And she's like, honestly, the safest place to be is a crowded public place, which is where we are right now. And we know where our kids are. So this is a pretty good night for us. This sheriff is really carrying this whole investigation. Like the mayor is doing nothing. And he's like, what's the update? She's like, I'm literally doing all the work here. Yeah, all he does is yell at her men. It's like, maybe do some work and then you can be mad about the update. Like, yeah, it's like, what did you find out? You're a founding family too. Don't you have a journal to read? Yeah, don't you have some shit to do? What's great grandpa Locke would say? Then we cut over to Tyler's at the, like, I guess the booth is like art as a career. Sure. And he's looking through some drawings of also like supernatural-ish creatures. And Jeremy goes up to Tyler and he is kind of antagonistic. He's like, oh, I'm surprised to see you here because art implies culture and culture doesn't imply you. And Tyler's like, okay, go to hell. It's funny because they're still mean to each other, but this one is a little bit more like poking fun at each other. But Jeremy was still being mean to Tyler for no reason. (laughs) He was just trying to think about a career. And Jeremy's like, you're stupid. Yeah, he's like, I didn't think you liked art. First of all, it's drawing supernatural creatures. I don't know a single high school boy who doesn't like that kind of art. But then Tyler walks away and Jeremy looks at what Tyler was looking at. And it was a drawing and there's a signature at the bottom that says Tyler Lockwood, which is very heartwarming. However, the signature itself was clearly written by a 22-year-old PA named Rachel. It looks like that, but it also looks like Tyler just learned how to write in cursive like the week before. Well, yeah, someone in the art department worked really hard on the picture of the whatever golem looking thing and drawing it. And then someone's like, oh, we need to add a signature. The problem is, is that the signature needs to be clear enough that it says Tyler Lockwood. Yeah, they were in the art department and they're like, okay, who has the most legible handwriting? Like, you know, that little game when you're working on a group project. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we need someone with the best handwriting. And it was like the producer's 13 year old daughter. (laughs) So then we check in with Matt and Elena. You know, Elena's like, oh, do you still want to be an astronaut? Ha ha ha. They joke around. But she's like, no, but seriously, how are you? And he's like, well, I've been better because he is having a hard time. He lives alone and his sister's missing. And they're like kind of comforting each other. And Caroline sees them being comfortable with each other. And she's clearly like a little upset by it. She leaves. She doesn't watch it. Why would she? Well, they are being a little flirty. Like, not just comforting. Elena specifically is being a little flirty, which might just be her personality, to be fair to her. I think they're just being chummy and the familiarity reads as flirty. Yeah, and it's got to be hard for Caroline because she is, like, kind of interested in Elena's ex. And she's clearly also self-conscious about Elena being more popular with boys than her. So I think this all compounds into making Caroline pretty unhappy. Yeah, this isn't fun for Caroline. And also Matt's kind of not owning up to liking Caroline yet. It's still kind of like on the down low they're hanging out. So it's all very uncomfortable for Caroline. And it doesn't help for her to see Matt and Elena talking to each other and seeing so fami- seeming so familiar with each other. Yeah, he has no issue talking to Elena and being very comfortable with her in public, but he's like weird around Caroline. It comes off. Yeah. And they're talking about Elena and Stefan broke up. And then Elena's like, oh, I heard about Caroline, which is something she, I think, obviously wanted to address. Yeah. And I think that's another reason it comes off flirty is because she's trying to be like casual about it. Yeah. But she like wants to know. It's just it's a little iffy. And again, right now, Matt's like, oh, we're just friends. And I don't think Caroline's even sure they're more than friends yet. But it's all like kind of in this weird limbo right now. But I think Caroline's more on the 
side of it of wanting it to turn into something more than friends whereas it seems like matt hasn't made that decision yet Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of an uncomfortable place for caroline to be then we go back over to the warehouse with logan and damon catch up with them and logan's like all i can think about is my ex-girlfriend i want to be with her and bite her and stuff and damon's like well you're probably in love with her because all of your feelings are magnified you kind of have to learn how to control them that's part of being a vampire yeah logan is like okay so let's get down to business here how do you guys walk in the sun I'm a morning person. I notice you guys walking in the sun, which is cool because the council would never suspect it because that's not in the journals. So this is how we know that what the council knows is anything that's in the journals that were passed down through the families. Yeah, this is an interesting drop because we didn't really know where it came from. And this kind of explains why their knowledge is limited. One thing that I think is notable, so clearly they don't have all the Gilbert journals because Jeremy found the Jonathan Gilbert one like in his attic. So I think that's interesting that maybe there's extra information they don't have because maybe they don't have all the journals. Well, they had them, but the problem is, is that, I don't know if this is a spoiler, the Gilberts are a founding family, so they were in the Founders Council. Okay. So they had them, but unfortunately, they just don't have the access, and we don't- I just assumed all the founding families, like, put all the journals, like, in one central location for the council to access. So I guess I assumed if he had a journal at home, then it, like, wasn't seen. They accessed their own journals, but the thing is, because they were the founding families, and the founding families were a group when they founded it, too, all the journals- kind of have the same information. I guess that makes sense. So like what's in the Gilbert journal isn't going to be starkly different than anything in the other journals. Okay. To the council's knowledge. Okay. I was thinking that that was like a secret journal almost. They know that there are Gilbert journals, but they just assume that anything that is in the Gilbert journals will be in their personal journals in a separate way. They all kind of... And at some point they read this other journal. Yeah, because I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but the Gilberts were on the Founders Council. By the time you're on the Founders Council, you've got basically everything's passed down from family to family. There's things that they've pulled from the journals over the years that they kind of understand, which one of them is like we know vampires can't walk in the sun that's in all the journals yeah i wonder when the last time they read the journals was like maybe they have this like set of ideas that they know are from the journals but like maybe they should read those journals a little closer they could be passing it down orally it's like a game of telephone in the journals it says they don't walk in the sun no that i get that i don't think that's some information that's hidden in one of the gilbert journals but i think there might be other information What kind of information do you think is going to be in there? I don't have something specific, but like baby clues. Like maybe one of the journals is like, oh yeah, this like one family wears a lot of big jewelry or something, you know, like as a random example for like the rings. Like maybe there are these like little clues that they kind of have left out of their central knowledge of vampires because they haven't read the journals in a while and some of those details might be helpful but they are just focusing on broad strokes purposes which i guess they hadn't had vampires in town for a while so maybe they you know had this list of ideas but didn't really think they'd have to deal with it anytime soon it's just something they know could happen from my understanding and this might be incorrect it seems like none of the current founders council has really interacted with vampires yeah that's i think that's a safe assumption it seems like the last time a vampire was in town was in the 50s when you know stefan was there but none of them were really like the leaders at that time mm-hmm. so anyway that's just founders council stuff But all this to say, Damon and Logan's fight comes down to two questions. Damon wants to know who turned Logan and Logan wants to know how Damon walks in the sun. Damon isn't going to say anything. He's not going to tell him. Because if he tells him, Logan will kill him and take the ring. Exactly. Assuming the rings are transferable. Yeah, that's what I, I honestly don't think that they are. I actually don't know if they are. It's hard to say, but it seems like from bits that I've gathered that it takes quite a bit to get these rings. And only Stefan and Damon have them. And so I'm not 100% convinced they're transferable. Do you have any theories yet on how they get these? Since this came up this episode, just curious. How do you think, do you have any ideas on how they get a daylight ring? Since we know it's a ring, even though Logan doesn't. Yeah, so I assume it's like something that their family has. I think it's kind of an heirloom. But what I'm thinking, and I know they probably won't answer this because this is getting too much into like the quote unquote science of the daylight rings, is what is in them that is protecting them from the sun. That's not a bad guess. So I'm guessing there's some sort of resource that they either have to find or like make that isn't very plentiful or at least not well known Mm -hmm. because otherwise all the vampires would have them. Yeah. So I'm not convinced it's transferable. Although, of course, Logan would just take it regardless. He's not really concerned with if it is or isn't transferable. And honestly, I don't really know if it's transferable or if that's something that ever even comes up. Yeah. But either way, I mean, whether it's transferable or not, 
Damon can't give up this ring because either then he won't be able to walk in the sun and also because Logan would kill him if he did get the ring. What else would he need? Well, also, they don't want Logan to be able to walk in the sun because that's the only reason he needs them right now and he won't expose them because he wants to learn how to walk in the sun. You know, if they tell him how to do it, whether or not he can do it yet, then he has no use for them. And all of a sudden he's going to snitch on them to the sheriff. Although he seems to have such a vendetta against the sheriff that he would rather not tell her who the vampires are just to spite her. But we'll get to that. <laughs> what I think he would probably do if everything worked out in Logan land <laughs> is he would snitch on the Salvatores, get them killed. And he would say, and you know what? You're going to let me leave town, sheriff. Or like, you're going to let me stay in town and you're going to let me live here and I won't bug you, but you're going to let me live here among you. That would be a, a smart move by Logan. But I, yeah, he's very overwhelmed by emotion at the moment, which is fair. Yeah. And I think they also wouldn't want him to know about the ring because they don't really want a new vampire out and about like during the daytime. That's not really a safe situation. That's why like they wouldn't have given Vicky the ring even if it was transferable for the day because she would just fucking disappear. Well, yeah, and say <laughs> what you will about Damon and Stefan, but Stefan knows what to expect from Damon. Damon knows what to expect from Stefan. So like, even though they're both walking around in the daytime, it's not something that like, you know, they're unnecessarily worried about each other. Yeah, it's kind of like a devil you know situation. Like yeah. at least Stefan can be mad Damon's going to kill someone, but it's not like he'll kill someone in an unexpected way. Yeah. He'll either kill someone because he needs some blood or he'll kill a vampire because he needs to kill that vampire to get some trust. Like he's not doing things for no reason generally. Like yeah. Logan is just killing people willy-nilly because he's having fun with it. It's not so fun for Logan. Like it's fun in the sense that he's having a good time having blood, but he's not like excited that he's killing people. He made a comment, though, that he like he's like, I like killing them. Well, yeah, he said it like I like the way it feels when I kill them, basically. And I don't want it to feel that way. OK, that makes sense. I think he's saying that because it's like his vampire instincts reacting to it. And so he's like, it feels good. And as a human, I understand that isn't something that should feel good. But I'm very conflicted anyway. So this conversation goes basically nowhere because they both have a question they want answered and neither will budge. So Logan shoots Damon with some more wooden bullets just to get a head start and heads out because it's nighttime and he needs, he's got stuff to do. He only has, you know, nighttime to do the stuff he needs to do. So he's got to go. They had a fun little dynamic. Yeah. So we go back over to career night where Stefan has shown up. He showed up at the end of Elena's conversation with Matt. So she was done flirting after that. She's like, I'm not even entertaining yeah. this anymore. Stefan's here. Yeah. He's like, hey, Elena, um, I'm here to look out for you. And she's like, OK, she makes a comment that she's like, I'm guessing you're not here to plan for your future because, you know, he's immortal. Just turned 162. Yeah. And <laughs> Stefan's like, well, you know, before I became a vampire, I really wanted to be a doctor. But, you know, now I can't. And then he's like, but I've dabbled in a lot over the years. And Elena's like, oh, you didn't find anything you love. And he's like, no, I love it all. But I have to move every couple of years because I didn't age. It only lasts a couple of years, which our question is, I think you could get through like 10 years of not aging before anyone starts being suspicious. I think you could even push it at 15. I mean, some people age really slowly. Get a haircut every once in a while. Grow a beard. I don't know if they can grow a beard because I don't think Stefan or Damon ever have beards in the run of the show. That's disappointing. <laughs> Tell me about it. For me personally. <laughs> I don't know. You should see Ian Somerhalder with a beard. I'm not quite sure about it. Does Tyler Lockwood ever get a beard? Yes. Because he's got to be a werewolf. But we'll get there. <laughs> Stefan said it had to be a few years. I think he could definitely go longer than that. If he really loved a job or go get the same job elsewhere. Also, you already look older than 17. Yeah, no one seems to have an issue with you being in high school. Yeah, so just say you're 18 when you move somewhere. And again, just start, like, change up your fashion sense. Change up your haircut. I mean, there's a million ways. <laughs> he, he has to move every few years because he just keeps doing high school. Yeah. She's like, oh, you didn't like anything you had to move every couple of years? Like, well, yeah, after graduation. I have to pretend to go to college. I have to pretend to go to a college where no one else is going. He's like, oh, I'm going to um, UC Davis. And like three other people are going to UC Davis. He's like, actually, I'm not going to UC Davis. <laughs> so he's like, why? What do you want to be when you grow up? And Elena's like, I don't want to freaking talk about that, Stefan. Because you're not going to be there and it's depressing me. So you know what? If you're going to leave town, just leave town. Okay. Which absolutely. He needs to stop being like, I'm leaving town so we can't date. And then hanging out with her all the time. And then coming up and being like, hey, Elena. And she's like, are you going to leave or not? Because I'm just getting my hopes up at this point. Yeah. But then Jenna comes up and she's like, oh my God, hide me. Logan just showed up. And Stefan is like, what? <laughs> and he 
realizes, wait, I thought Logan was dead. He's doing the math here and he gets there quick. He makes the connection pretty quick. So Stefan goes out and he sees Logan in the hallway kind of talking to a gaggle of teen girls because of course he is because Logan I just know is gross. And Logan hits him with a hysterical wave. Oh, Logan is getting the fun out of this early stuff. Yeah, he's he's having fun. He won't be having so much fun later. But yeah, for now he's having a good time. I'm just throwing this out as kind of an aside. I am convinced Alaric is a vampire and that Stefan and Damon would recognize him. And I am just waiting for them to see him and they haven't yet. And I was so sure it was going to be at this career night because obviously he's at this career night and so is Stefan. They're really pushing off that reveal. So then Stefan's like glaring at Logan and Logan comes up to Stefan, Elena and Jenna. And he's like, hey, everybody. Hey, Jenna. And Jenna's like, whatever, Logan. And Stefan's like, hey, Elena, you and Jenna should go somewhere else. And they do. Stefan looks at Elena very intensely to the point that he, I think Elena essentially understands like this dude's a vampire. Yeah, I think, I think that was communicated effectively. Stefan talks to Logan and Logan's like, look, man, what I want is simple. I want to be a freaking daywalker. You know, we talk a lot of shit on how bad of a liar Stefan is, but he does a really good job here because he's like, oh, Damon and I are the only ones I know of. Kind of implying that it's like something you can't control. Yeah. But Logan is smart and he's like, look, you guys are both cagey about it. So I know you know how to do it. Yeah. He said, you're both cagey on the how, which tells me there's a way. He's like, I'm going to expose you guys. You guys need to tell me how to do that. And Stefan says, you want to know how you walk in the sun? You can't. Don't threaten me again. Very, very cool. Very tough. It is great work from both of them because they're on the same page without having talked to each other of like, we're not telling him how we get to walk in the sun. That's not his business. Yeah. And this is the thing of Stefan and Damon being together. Like, you know, Stefan can be annoyed at Damon killing people, but it's the, it's the thing. He knows what to expect from him. And he and Damon are pretty much always on the same page with new vampires. Even when Vicky was new, they were both kind of on the same page of like, we're closing her off from everything. Yeah. Like, which obviously we talked about that was not the best decision, but they seem to be kind of on the same page in a lot of cases, even though they have this fundamental difference in how they approach vampirism. Well, they have an understanding, like an agree yeah. to disagree type thing. So he leaves and we cut over to Jenna and Elena and Elena's asking a lot of questions to Jenna about Logan. She's doing some recon because Elena's like, oh, what was Logan up to when he stopped by the house the other night? And Jenna's like, he was being Logan. He was being annoying. He kept begging me to invite him in. And Elena immediately connects this. And she's like, uh, you need to not see Logan again. And Jenna's basically like, okay, no problem with me. Jenna's like, that was the plan, sweetie. And as if she needed any more encouragement, Alaric comes up and he's like, hey, Jenna. And Jenna's like, hey, Alaric. And Elena's like, I'm going to go. <laughs> Elena's like, okay, I don't need to be here for this. So then we cut over to the outside of the school where Stefan's on the phone with Damon and they're catching up on Logan. Damon's like, Logan Fell's the new vampire. And Stefan's like, yeah, I just figured that out. <laughs> and Elena comes out to talk to him. Damon's like, man, when I see Logan again, I'm going to get him. And Stefan's like, well, you don't have to look that hard. He's at the school working the crowd. And Damon's like, okay, I'm coming. Yeah. (laughs) He says, you're in a crisis. I'm on my way. (laughs) So then we check back in with some of our other people learning about careers. So then we check in with Caroline, who is immediately taken by the broadcast journalism booth, which of course she is. Yeah, she's she's a natural star. She'd be great. I would love to see her do the weather. Yeah, I would love that. So she goes up to her mom. She's like, mom, I found something I'm really interested in. It's broadcast journalism. And her mom says, you're a stupid fucking bitch. Well, her mom says, you don't even read the paper, which first of all, I mean, I get that concern. Well, I get where that came from of like, why would you want to do that? But obviously there's like this tension in this relationship. So that doesn't help. Also, you don't need to read the paper to be a broadcast journalist. You just have to read the teleprompter. Yeah, she didn't want to write the news. (laughs) She's like, I didn't say journalism. I said broadcast journalism. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a little tension and I know the sheriff has other stuff going on at the moment that is arguably more important than this, but just like be a little bit more supportive. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think she meant it maliciously. I think she was like, but Caroline definitely felt it. Well, it's like if you came up to me, Stephanie, and you said, I think I want to be a singer, I'd be like, you don't sing. (laughs) (laughs) You can't even hit one note. You'd be be like, let's be realistic here, Stephanie. But if I was like, had my heart set on singing, that would, of course, hurt my feelings. Yeah, (laughs) if you came up to me and you're like, I think I'm going to try out for American Idol. I was like, but you're not a singer. But you were like, "Uh, dead set on doing it. Yeah, you'd be upset. It's also like if I came up to you and I was like, I think I want to be a doctor. You'd be like, you don't like any science. Yeah. I'd be like, that's not realistic for you. Yeah. It's just not realistic. Yeah. (laughs) But all this to say that, you know, Caroline is then put in a a mood that is 
that does not lead to some good decisions. It does not serve on. her well, this mood. So she storms off just in time for Logan to go up to the sheriff. And he's like, hey. And she's obviously shocked to see him because she buried him by a car dealership. <laughs> well, she and she clearly because she saw like, you know, it could be she saw him and was like, oh, my God, he's alive. And he's mad that I ba- that I buried him. But she quickly is like, oh, he's a vampire. Does he tell her? I don't think he has to because she very quickly like starts pulling out something and he's like, what are you going to do? Stake me right here. Oh, he so he does tell her basically. Yeah. I mean, I think he can tell that she knows and he confirms well, it. I think. Well, no. So here's my point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. I think that you're right that the council doesn't know how transitions work. So I think that she just thought he was alive. And then she was a little iffy on that, on the absolute like logistics of transforming. And then when he was like, are you going to stay with me? She was like, it confirmed for her that he's a vampire. But I don't know. I think she thought he was dead. Yeah. And so maybe she thought that like it was just a bite. And now she's like, oh, maybe it's a bite. But like he wasn't all the way dead when we got him. Either way, she figures out he's a vampire, whether in her own mind or with his assistance. And he's like, hey, thanks for burying me and sending an email. And she was like, I really didn't have a choice. I don't know what to tell you. Like, sorry. Um, He's like, I died for this town and you guys swept me under the rug, which is true. I don't really know what you wanted them to do, but whatever. Well, I mean, you were the youngest one on the Founders Council. You were the one who had to hunt the vampire. Like, that was a realistic thing that was going to happen, I guess. And does he think he's going to get a public funeral if he dies? Like, what are they going to say? Animal attack? Come on. Like, he went to go hunt the animal and he died? No. And you can tell this is, like, when it's very clear that Logan has quite a grudge against the sheriff. To to the point that it's going to hurt the success of, like, his master plan of sorts i don't really know that he has a master plan his master plan is finding out how to walk in the sunshine yeah he is so concerned about revenge on the sheriff that his whole plan starts to backfire his time would have been better served honestly going up to the sheriff and being like yes i'm mad at you but you should know the salvators are vampires and then like you said earlier that he can be like okay the salvators are vampires and i'm a vampire now too obviously but i want to live comfortably And I don't want to be pushed out of town. And if you're going to push me out of town, I'll go on the news and tell them that you've been covering up vampires for years. I mean, yeah, he holds a lot more power than I think he gives himself credit for because he's mad that he got buried in a shallow grave. He's so busy being mad about being buried. And it's like, buddy, that's honestly not that big of a deal. Like you got out. Because guess what? The sheriff has Vervain. Just capture the Salvatores, torture them into figuring out how to walk in the sun. And then like you live among them but you don't bother anyone. Or even, I mean, he might not have gotten there yet. If he took a little bit more time to observe, he could have been able to tell that Elena knew about vampires, torture her for the information about the sun rings, because she's going to be a lot more likely to give that up. Exactly, because he can kill her. But again, his thinking ahead skills are lacking at the moment. Well, and to be fair, I mean, he's a new vampire. He's dealing with so much. He can't really be expected to think critically. Yeah, but being pissed off at the sheriff is limiting his critical thinking quite a bit. I mean, he's only encouraged in being pissed off because she really doesn't have remorse. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. You knew what you were getting into. So he tells her, you better watch your back. And he leaves. And then she immediately calls for backup. Her plan is obviously to kill him tonight. And then we cut over to Jeremy and Tyler. Yeah, they're sitting together. My little artsy boys. Jeremy is kind of trying to bond because he's like, oh, look, we actually have quite a bit in common. Well, Jeremy says that's something else we have in common. And Tyler's like, the other thing is that we slept with the same girl. Like, he was like, that's a big club, buddy. Yeah, he's basically like, why don't you go befriend someone else like who hooked up with Vicky? There's plenty of them. So, of course, Tyler immediately has to say something rude about Vicky. So Jeremy, to his credit, punches Tyler in the face. Well, he doesn't punch him. He pushes him. They start to fight a little bit, but Mayor Lockwood and Alaric jump in to, you know, break it up. Alaric grabs Jeremy. Mayor Lockwood grabs Tyler. And Mayor is like, all right, you boys, we're going to go outside really quick. And Alaric's like, where are you taking them? And he's like, oh, we're just going to go chat. And Alaric's like, okay. And he gives it a weird look. Yeah. And the mayor's like, come with me to Jeremy. To which if I were Jeremy, I'd be like, why would I go with you? You're not my fucking principal. Like, yeah. You're not my principal. You're not my dad. You're just the mayor. Like, why would I follow you outside? But he he does. He doesn't make that connection. He's like, okay, I got to go. Yeah, what are you going to do? Call me in for jury duty? <laughs> Personally, if I was having this like long going feud with the mayor's son and the mayor was like, come outside, I'd be like, uh, I will not be going out with both of you. That can't end well for me. 
Yeah, I'd be like, absolutely fucking not. I'm not going outside. Look at my pasty ass. Do I look like I can win a fight against two of you? I can't even win a fight against Tyler. No, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so then we check in with Caroline, who's outside. She calls Bonnie, but Bonnie doesn't pick up. And Logan drives up. And Caroline's like, oh my God, Logan fell channel nine. And she's like, I was supposed to get a ride home from Bonnie, but I can't find her. And he's like, oh, I'll give you a ride. And she gets in the car and she's like, this is fake. Cause I actually have some questions about broadcast journalism. He said, yeah, sure. Buckle up. And she grabs the seatbelt and he knocks her out. And Matt sees her get in the car and drive away, but he doesn't see Logan knock her out. Lucky for Logan. I guess it's dark. Yeah. Well, and poor Caroline, she cannot catch a break. And this is just a, a number of things that, lead up to this very unfortunate happenstance you know that she's interested in journalism but her mom brushes her off and logan is very mad at her mom it's just all these things and poor caroline caroline just keeps being used as a pawn in someone else's problem it's not fair it's so rude all the main characters are using her as pawns it's like why can't caroline just be the main character i know so we go back inside to the school and Stefan and elena are looking for logan and they're like oh my god have you seen logan fell the news guy and matt's like oh yeah i just saw him he's giving caroline a ride home and Stefan's like caroline i could give two shits <laughs> everyone in this show pays caroline dirt but actually but anyway they go and run out to go help her thank you everyone for being nice. Thank you, Matt, for doing the bare minimum to help her in this situation. I mean, I guess Matt doesn't have any reason to suspect Logan. I don't know. Them running off, I'd be like, is she in trouble? But Matt is like, no, I, I did my part out. I mean, he probably doesn't know. Why would he? Yeah, well, I mean, he also, again, Logan's a public figure. Logan used to babysit Caroline, we found out. So Matt has no reason to believe that Logan would hurt Caroline. And also, he's kind of trying to distance himself from Caroline right now. Obviously, he's like afraid to admit he likes her. Because he's all self-conscious about Tyler. I don't really know why he bothers with that, but whatever, it's Matt. Didn't you see how Tyler treated your sister? Are you really going to take his advice on girls? But whatever. Yeah, but who am I? So we go outside the school and we catch up with Jeremy and Tyler and Mary Lockwood. And Mary Lockwood's like, people who fight inside are pansies. Real men fight outside, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So he's like, you boys should fight. And they're like, no, we don't want to fight each other. He's like, you're going to have to fight. He wants them to fight in front of him. Yeah. And he keeps like shoving them and he's like, fight, fight. And they're like, we really are not going to fight each other. And you can tell this is a weird situation because Tyler and Jeremy will fight each other at any chance. And even they are like, no, this is weird. This this is too much for us. Yeah, they're like, this is super weird. Luckily, Alaric comes out and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And he and the mayor's like, oh, we're just working this out like men. And Alaric's like, you can't do this. Like, this is weird. Yeah, Alaric's like, this is very odd. And the mayor's like, do you know who I am? I'm the mayor. And Alaric says, to me, you look like a full-grown alpha male douchebag. T. And the mayor is like, you know what? I could get you fired in a second. And Alaric's like, okay, you do that. <laughs> Because honestly, he probably can't. Yeah, the mayor seems to think he has all this power over things that like mayors don't have control over. Like, I don't know that he knows what being mayor like entails. Yeah, he's like, as mayor, I get to yell at the sheriff whenever I want. He seems to think being mayor makes him a dictator. And it's like, no, you're mayor of a tiny town. Like dogs have that job, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He tells Alaric that he murked himself and Alaric's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, okay, bye. So then Mayor Lockwood takes Tyler away and Jeremy and Alaric are like, "Ooh, good thing we got out of that one. So then we cut to the sheriff in a cop car and she gets a phone call from Logan. And she's like, uh, where the hell are you? What are you doing? What do you want? And he's like, I want the satisfaction of turning your daughter into a vampire. Kind of a cool move. Kind of a cool move, but I'm still not entirely sure he knows how. But I guess in his mind, he's like, well, worst case scenario, I just kill her and it still yeah. messes with the sheriff. All he knows, based on what Damon has told him, you need to have vampire blood in your system when you die. He doesn't know that afterwards there's, I guess he knew that he had to feed on human blood once he- Well, he probably just fed on human blood because he was hungry by himself. Like, I don't think anyone told him. Yeah. Yeah, no one told him he had that decision to make. He just was like, I'm hungry. I need to eat a human. Yeah. I, I think he was like, well, I have to eat something. And maybe he tried a squirrel and was like, that didn't do it for me. And was like, well, I'll just go get a human. Logan just had to taunt the sheriff with this. Like- yeah. He could have just turned her into a vampire by himself, but he had to like make sure she knows so that he wants her to know that he's the one who did it. Again, the revenge mindset. Yeah, he wants to spite her. But luckily, Damon and Stefan catch up and they stop his car and they shoot Logan with wooden bullets. Cool move. Foolish of Logan to let them get access to wooden bullets. I think what happened actually is that like he had the gun in his car and when Stefan pulled Logan out of the car, Damon pulled the gun. That makes sense. 
Caroline's still passed out. So Stefan grabs Caroline and since Logan was on the phone with the sheriff, Damon picks up the phone and he's like, hey, sheriff, Caroline's fine. Stefan's taking her. I've got Logan here. Um, And he goes to grab the tire iron from Logan's car. And he's like, okay, what did we learn? You need to tell me who turned you. And Logan's like, I don't know. And Damon's like, okay, I'm going to kill you then. And Logan's like, wait, I do know. And Damon's like, you're lying. And Logan's like, you think you're the only one who wants to get into that tomb? Which is an interesting, you know, a a drop that so Logan knows about this church and he essentially is like, we know how to break that spell. Logan says there's another way to break the spell. Meet me at the church. Do you think Logan's telling the truth? I mean, I think there's no way he would know about that without knowing the truth, because I don't think he necessarily knows that Damon is like in love with Catherine. I think he knows that Damon wants to get in that church and thinks he can't. Logan said he's been following them. Oh, I guess. Yeah. But I think he wouldn't just make up that he has another way to break that spell. Also, because I'm convinced Catherine's coming back. So I know there's probably another way to break that spell. So who do you think? Do you have an idea of who turned him then? Do you think that has something to do with this? Yeah, I think that whoever turned him knows about it. I don't know who turned him. But I mean, we'll get to why I know it wasn't a lurk. Sure. So this is enough for Damon to want to keep Logan alive. So the sheriff drives up and Damon's like, take me down and make it look real to Logan. And Logan does so. And Logan runs away. The sheriff pulls up and Damon's like, sorry, I just wasn't strong enough. He is acting his little booty off. (laughs) He's doing a great job. So then we go back over to career night where Elena has been hanging out. Stefan goes back. He tells Elena Caroline's okay, And she doesn't know about vampires. She just knows that Logan attacked her. And Damon is dealing with Logan, which we all know what that means. He's he's killing him to Stefan's knowledge. Obviously, we know he's not killing him, but it is funny that Stefan like refuses to trust Damon most of the time. And every time he like chooses to trust him is like the wrong time, which makes sense. But Stefan takes this as an opportunity to use this whole thing as an example. He's like, so this is why we can't be together. You see that this is this is all kinds of dangerous. And she's like, you know what? Let me give you a ride home. And he said, I can get home. And she said, I know. She said, I'm giving you a ride for a reason. So then we go and check back in with Jeremy and Tyler one more time. And Jeremy's like, hey, is your dad always like that? That was weird. Which is the understatement of the year. Yeah, Jeremy's like, I get why you're so like mad all the time now. I would be too. And Tyler punches Jeremy in the face. and Because that's how he deals with things. <laughs> yeah, and he says, I don't need your pity. And Jeremy's like, okay, what is your problem, dude? And Tyler says, I don't know. And then we see a lingering shot of a full moon, which Stephanie, you noticed. Yeah, the, it was a shot of Tyler looking a little emotional and there's a bright ass full moon in the background. Like, uh, I can do the math. He's obviously going to become a werewolf or like is turning into a werewolf. So this is an interesting thing of, you know, the full moon, he must be a werewolf. And we saw some kind of drawings of wolf-like beings in this episode, which I think is some foreshadowing. So it's interesting to think about what that transition process looks like, because it seems like this is kind of a genetic Like, this is a genetic thing. What makes you say that? Well, because he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but he didn't get bit by anything. Well, he didn't get bit by anything that we know of. Well, yeah, that we know of. But I feel like we would have heard something about him getting bit. Well, maybe not. Who would he tell? He's kind of keeping secrets from everybody. So you're convinced that Tyler is a werewolf? Yeah. Do you think in your mind, you in your world where (laughs) Tyler is absolutely a werewolf, do you think Tyler knows he's a werewolf? I don't think he does yet. I think he's going through some sort of change. Tyler doesn't seem like the type to me who would jump to werewolf very fast. Maybe he'll find some Lockwood journals that will give him that information. What do you think triggered this change? You said he's going through a change. What do you think triggered it? That's what I'm curious about because we don't know that he got bitten. Maybe he did get bitten and we just haven't We're not privy to that information, but that's why I think it might be genetic. And then he like turned 18 and is like becoming a werewolf. But then I guess that would mean his dad's a werewolf. And then werewolves are living in harmony, but not vampires because he's on the Founders Council. I'm not settled on any of this yet. The one thing I do know is that Tyler is a werewolf or is becoming one. You're convinced of that. You don't see a moonshot like that for no reason. I see what you're saying. Maybe it's a red herring. Maybe it's a clue. Yeah, it could be a red herring. Maybe he's not anything. Yeah, it's just a shot of the moon. The moon was looking awful bright. So then we cut over to the Salvatore house where Elena is dropping Stefan off. And Elena is like, listen, I was harsh with you when you asked about my future. I wanted to be a writer. My mom was a writer. She encouraged me. It was something we did together. And now I don't want to be a writer anymore. It is interesting that she wants to be a writer. Her mom was a writer. And clearly her like great, great grandpa, Jonathan, was a writer. This whole town, they like to follow in their family's footsteps. (laughs) Yeah, that's I mean, that's a theme. Gilbert's are writers in this town. Yeah. Like the Fells are reporters and the Forbes, I guess, are cops. Is Caroline going to become a cop? I'm not going to tell you that. So Elena basically is like, listen, 
my life was pretty bad before vampires came in. You think you're ruining my life? You're not. And Stefan's like, well, it's different. Maybe you have bad things, but vampires are bad in a whole completely different way. So I'm going to leave town and I'm doing that to protect you. And she's basically like, you can make that decision for you. But if you're making the decision to protect me, that's not a decision you get to make. That's for me to make. And then she says, I love you. And I think, you know, this whole scene is an example of Nina Dobrev is acting really well in a show that she doesn't need to be acting this well in. Yeah, I will say as a general rule, Everyone on The Vampire Diaries is a really great actor, which is not something we see on every teen drama. Like, you know, usually other teen shows like Gossip Girl will have like Leighton Meester was really good, but Chase Crawford is okay. He He's like serviceable, you know? Yeah, good people like exception to the rule because you don't need to be good because that's not really the point of the show. Like the point of the show is the crazy script, which is fine. Like you need to be hot. And have the script be fun. You need to do like basic acting. But like if you're not like giving a really beautiful heart-wrenching performance of grief on Riverdale, it doesn't really matter because it's like we're still going to watch this show. Well, and no one's getting an Emmy nomination for these shows. Exactly. That's not what anyone does these shows for. They do it for the check and for the stardom. But the acting on this show is very good. Mm -hmm. From all angles. So after Elena says, I love you, Stefan is clearly very much struggling with that because he does want to leave town to protect her, but he also does love her. And eventually he makes the decision. He turns around and he kisses her. They make out, they go inside. He gets some veins under his eyes and he like turns away from Elena and she's like, no, you don't have to hide from me. And she kisses him and the veins go away. It's all very beautiful. And the veins do be hot. Well, it's sweet because, you know, clearly Stefan really wanted to be in love and he has closed himself off because he knew that the vampire thing would be a point of contention and would be scary and unsafe. And he like tried so hard to push Elena away, but she like still wants to be with him. So it's it's a sweet moment. It's a sweet moment. And then she leads him upstairs and we all know what that means. It's time for them to have sex. They undress and this is the CW. So she's in a bra. She's not in a cami. She's in a bra. We are living in a post Gossip Girl world at this point. So we, as the audience, know that Stefan and Elena had sex. Like, it's as clear as it can be. But we cut away before anything actually happens. And we go back over to the warehouse where Logan's leaving the warehouse. He's about to go to his car and he hears a clang. And he turns around and Alaric has appeared behind him. And Alaric's like, I'm a friend of Jenna's. And Logan's like, oh, did Jenna send you? And Alaric's like, no, I came here by myself. And Logan's like, well, you must be pretty stupid. Um, And Alaric's like, well, Jenna deserves the best. And Logan's like, aren't you going to fight me? Well, and this is where it's obvious that Logan does not know Alaric. And Logan does know who turned him. And he knows them well enough for them to have told him about this. Church. Sure. So this is where it became clear to me that though I still believe Alaric to be a vampire, he's not the one who turned Logan. I think that's very obvious. Fair enough. So Logan's like, well, why don't you punch me in the face? And Alaric says, I'm not a violent guy by design. Cutie. So Logan's like, okay, well, you are stupid. And Logan turns away, get his veins and his fangs already. And he- he's like, give me a second to get scary. Yeah. And <laughs> we see during this, Alaric kind of reveal a weapon from his uh, sleeve mm-hmm. and Logan turns around and Alaric stakes Logan. We can tell it's wooden by the time it's in him. And because Logan starts to shrivel up, get gray and veiny, the death look we have come to know. So he's dead, dead, and Alaric leaves. And Alaric was ready with the stake, which did make me doubt the vampire thing a little. I was like, maybe he's not a vampire. Maybe he's a vampire hunter. So that could be the case. Although I still kind of think he's a vampire. I mean, we've seen a vampire stake a vampire before. Yeah, yeah. But he was so ready with it and hadn't turned him. So that was like my kind of, for a second, I thought that I still think he's a vampire. But So why do you think he would kill Logan? Because Logan was being stupid about the killing people. I think the same reason that Damon and Stefan would want it. Like, if you're a vampire who wants to be in Mystic Falls for a while, you don't want someone out there, like... Stopping you from flying under the radar. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, Alaric also clearly likes Jenna and wants to be with her. But I'm sensing an ulterior motive for that. An ulterior motive for being with Jenna? Yeah, just because he's, like, jumping in on that awful fast. Well, what would his ulterior motive be? I don't know. Maybe he wants one of the journals. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just asking you these questions. Do you think Alaric has any connection to this tomb, whether he wants it open or closed? Like I said, I think whoever turned Logan told him about the tomb. And since Logan didn't seem to know Alaric, I'm saying that wasn't Alaric. I'm not sure that Alaric knows about the tomb. I think there's a reason we haven't seen Alaric come face to face with Damon or Stefan yet, because I am positive that they will recognize him immediately and they know him. 
Then we go back to the school where Matt and Tyler are catching up. Tyler's had a rough night and Matt has kind of let his anger with Tyler stew. So Matt goes up to Tyler and he's like, you know what? I actually like Caroline. She's really great. And Tyler's like, okay. And Matt's (laughs) like, you need to stop your bromance bitch act. And Tyler's like, Okay, whatever. Tyler's exhausted at this point. He's had a hard night. Yeah, he's clearly going through something. And honestly, like, it's not like he was hating on Caroline. I don't know. Matt just, Matt was already insecure about it. So I think that kind of fed into this and letting his feelings stew. Yeah, Matt's projecting his insecurity onto Tyler for sure. So then we cut over to the Forbes home. Caroline is sleeping and the sheriff is checking on her. And the sheriff is obviously like happy she's there. She's like touching her face. And then she gets a phone call and leaves Caroline, which is all very symbolic. So then we cut over back to the Salvatore house and Stefan and Elena are laying in bed. Stefan is shirtless and Elena's got his flannel on. So it doesn't take a genius. They've just had sex. (laughs) They're obviously in, you know, the afterglow. And Elena's like, oh, I've never been in your room before. And Stefan's like, this is the only place that has been constant. Everything that matters to me is in this room. (laughs) Foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah. So Stefan's like, you want anything to drink? And she's like, yeah, I'll get some water. And so he goes to get her some water and she goes around looking at his stuff because again, he said everything he ever has cared about is in this room. So she's like, oh, great. Let's see what this guy I love cares about. So yeah, what's so important to him that he has to keep it, even though he's 162 years old. And then it takes her about two seconds because on the table face up is the picture of Catherine, which we all knew eventually she was going to find. Once she looks at a piece of paper and very quickly, you know, you see her face drop. The music changes. She gets up out of the bed and you're like, oh, she's going to find this picture, isn't she? Because it's been just floating about. No issue. Yeah. And she's up on a high because she just had sex with him. And then she finds out, look, the picture has a picture of a girl who looks exactly like Nina Dobrev and it says Catherine. And she knows Catherine's name. So she knows it's her. Like, there's no question in her mind. Yeah. This has to be a crazy thing because for all the information she's gotten about Catherine, Stefan has never once even implied that she looks like her. Exactly. That has just never come up. And that's something that you would be like, okay, he made all this big deal of telling me all this truth. He told me he was a vampire. He told me all this stuff. And this he left out? It's definitely grosser if it's a secret. And if he had said it, I mean, it would still be weird, but it would have been a little easier to get over because he wouldn't be keeping it from her. Also because she very well could be like, is this my fucking grandma? That's a question we still don't have the answer to. That's creepy for her. So, you know, a number of thoughts going through her head. Which leads to her leaving. So we see her leave, basically, or, you know, get ready to leave. And then we cut over to Damon at the remains of the church where Logan said to meet him. And he gets a call from the sheriff. And she's like, thank you so much. And Damon's like, what? And she's like, Logan. He's dead. We found his body by the warehouse with all his victims that he's been hoarding. Thank you so much for killing him. This town owes you like a debt of gratitude. And he's like, okay. He's <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? So he's pretty pissed off because he was going to get in the tomb with the help of Logan. And now Logan's dead. It's been a rough episode for Damon. Oh, how the tables have turned for Damon. Usually it's Damon killing someone and someone else getting that news. But now he's like, man, this sucks. <laughs> And he has to know that if someone staked him, they know about vampires. I mean, so there's either a short list of who it could be or it's someone he doesn't know yet. He knows it can't be someone on the Founders Council because the sheriff would have known that. Yeah. And of course, because the sheriff is the only one doing any work at the moment. Yeah. The rest of the Founders Council is useless. Mrs. Lockwood hasn't done shit. Yeah. And clearly Stefan didn't do it because Stefan won't kill anyone because of his holier than thou business. Also, Damon told Stefan he was dealing with Logan. So exactly. Yeah. Damon knew that Stefan wouldn't. I think Stefan would kill someone. He killed Vicky not two episodes ago. Again, you're just projecting your Stefan hate onto him this episode. Yeah. I'm just busy hating Stefan. Stefan at the moment. I have some issues I need to sort out. And you're really um holding a lot of hate in your heart for Stefan right now. I go on such roller coasters with these characters. I'll love someone and then the next episode be like, I hate them. The drop of a dime. You never know how I'm going to feel. The drop of a dime. Is that not the term? The drop of a hat. <laughs> it's the drop of a hat. You're getting it confused with you could turn on a dime. Oh, okay. I just portmanteau. But so Damon knows it's not the Founders Council, knows it's not Stephanie, he knows it wasn't him. Doesn't leave a lot of um, suspects. That's the thing. He knows someone knows about vampires or someone is a vampire that he isn't aware of. So that's not a good situation for him. 
so then we cut back over to the Salvatore house and it's been down for Stefan most of this episode. It was up at the end, but now it's going back down because he sees Catherine's photo laid out with Elena's necklace on top of it. So he knows that Elena saw it and wanted him to see that she's done. Yeah. When he first told her he was a vampire, he was like, look, no matter what happens, I want you to keep that necklace because I don't want you to be compelled by any other vampires. And she was so mad at Stefan. She was like, I don't give a fuck. Poor choice. So then we cut to see Elena driving home. She's driving really fast and she's crying. Been there, girl. And there's a guy in the middle of the street. She hits him and the car flips over. But she's conscious. She looks over and the guy like cracks his bones back into place. He's healing himself. And he starts to approach the car and she screams. And that's the end of the episode. So what do you think? Well, I think this is the vampire that turned Logan. I think there's another vampire in town who's been really flying under the radar. Turned Logan because he like, I don't know what his agenda is. He also wants to get in the tomb, I guess. Maybe he wants to get in the tomb because he wants to let all the vampires out and kill everybody in Mystic Falls. Maybe he had like a family member die in the fire and is mad about it for the same reason. Damon's mad about it. That he's like, the town just killed all these innocent people and he wants the tomb to open up because he's like, I'm going to let vampires run loose and kill all these people. He seems like an evil vampire. So you think it's not a lyric? I think it's not a lyric. I think that this evil vampire who just stopped Elena's car, I think there is some way in which Elena plays a role in this spell of opening the tomb. What makes you think that? Because she looks so much like Catherine. I mean, this vampire really wants something with Elena. Well, what makes you think it's not just to kill her? What makes you think this vampire doesn't just want to eat blood and Elena just happened to be there? Because she's the main character. Fair enough. (laughs) Well, I just assume she's not going to die this early. But my question isn't like, why do you think she's not dead? Because I think you're fair in assuming she's not going to die this early. But why do you think this vampire doesn't want to kill her? I don't know. Well, I guess because I'm convinced that this is the guy who turned Logan. And it seems like there's more of an agenda there. Because why would he turn Logan without some sort of agenda? So those are a few things that all came together to me forming this theory. Yeah, so this was a crazy episode, an insane cliffhanger to leave us on. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder that every week. Remember to rate and review us on your listening platform of choice. Tell your friends who love Vampire Diaries or who you think would love Vampire Diaries to tune in. We love having people to talk about it with. Follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. As always, we'll see you next week for the next episode and see what happens to our lovely residents of Mystic Falls. But until then, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.